All right, I'm recording. All right, I'm recording. Put on, brother. Come on, get with the program. Now, oh, turn we're... your phone around. Let me look at the front of it. Let's see. See, that wraparound display is what was really getting me. Yeah, it's got, got the wraparound. No, but, but pros and cons list, You come on. I know, man. Dude, I can draw things anytime I want. Wow. So can I. I can use, Philip, I can use my pen to control my camera on my phone. I'm, I'm drawing a house. Drawing a house. Drawing trees. <laughs> I'm telling you, Philip. All right. This time next week, our podcast listeners will find out whether or not I went to the Android or went to the iPhone. I was waiting um, for the iPhone 14 to come out thinking... This there will be, be tensions. And there's not that many new updates that get me that excited. And I'm on the mini. I'm due for an upgrade. And it's like. East Lake Community Church is an intentional, multicultural community empowered by the Holy Spirit. We passionately pursue a loving relationship with God and everyone Jesus was sent to die for here, near, and far. I'm 100 satisfied. I'm three, I'm three phones back. It's working like a champ. It is. The only reason, so the mini's awesome, but the battery life is not good after two years. Two years in, my battery doesn't make it through the day. So well, that's because you're so busy with it. All the I, I don't have the mini, and mine works fine. So I get day and a half. Wow. <laughs> practice in the dark arts Ooh. yeah ray is he's a mess man ray are you like doing laundry on the bed behind you what do you got going on over there the world oh, yeah. you, see, you see my mixing board back there mixing board. are you djing on the side did you look get like a haircut dj ray does he look like he got a haircut michelle i don't think he looks like he got it does he I just oh, two hours ago. I know. Did you get a trim between this morning and now? Oh no! Oh no! I didn't think so. All right. It looks like a fresh fade. Yeah. All right. It's, man. The, it's the ring light. Well, it's if he's gonna light. DJ, he's got to have the you know everything's got to be. Oh my gosh! Well, guys, yeah. I tried really hard to get a game together. So this last Sunday, Ray talked about justice. And I wanted to find a game about fairness. And yeah. uh, guess what? There's no games about fairness because nobody wants to play a game that's not fair, right? I would The marketing would just fall on its face. But I wanted to ask you, what do you think? Because I have an answer for this. What do you think the most unfair game is that you can play? I've got two. Monopoly. Monopoly? See, it's to not, me, you earn not, it. Earn Monopoly, man. I'm telling you, because you have, I mean, you're rolling dice. So you don't get to necessarily pick what you land on. And so it's all about just the probability of you landing on stuff like Park Place or St. Charles Place or Boardwalk. I mean, and then it's after that point, I mean, that's why it takes two hours to play that Doesn't game. Doesn't that make it fair, though, Ray? Because then then you have just as little chance of landing on it when it's going to cost you. Yeah. You don't know about that, man. See, Maybe I, I'm I just disagree. My dice should not blessed. 
Do you, what do you guys think? Is Monopoly just an unfair game or is it a game of strategy? Well, I think it's a game of strategy because my son started playing Monopoly when he was really little. And I'll tell you one thing about him. He is not afraid to mortgage the farm to buy everything under the sun. He's very gutsy when it comes to doing that. And yep. so he wins all the time. I mean, he beat my dad, who was like the champion Monopoly player. See, so, strategy. As a kid, yeah. yeah. All right, so I, think, I know I know the most unfair game. It's one of my favorite games. And okay. it's an obscure game, so you might not even know about it. Okay, so there's a World War II strategy game. Okay, it's called Access and Allies. Oh. It takes a long time to play that game, but here's what I mean by unfair. If you end up getting the luck of the draw and you end up being Germany or Japan, the game setup is set up the way World War II unfolded. Uh, One. Not Germany or Japan. Now, yeah. you can pull it off, but you are at an extreme, extreme detriment and behind the eight ball if you yeah. pull Germany or Japan in that game. <laughs> now, I won as Germany or Japan. But then you're a fascist. So oh, that everybody's yeah. mad because you want his Germany. Yeah, you, you don't want to be that guy. Is that the same as risk? Is it a lot like risk? Oh, it's a lot more complicated than risk, but yeah, that that idea. Okay, because yeah. I love risk. I stink and love risk. I will play it for days. We'll have a risk game out on the table for a whole week. Yep. Like during we used to write down where things were in case somebody messed it up if we walked away from it. Yeah. No one has preached that game. I'm trying Ray, to find a game. I thought Ray, about it, Ray, but Ray, a lot of them buy one of those. Ray, your mic is kind of quiet. It's like somebody's set a sock over it or something. What? Yep. Doesn't it sound yeah. weird? It's not like this. While Ray is fixing his this. It's called Commissar. I Whoa. have this at home. I'm sorry, comrade. I have not. Okay. <laughs> okay, just, Michelle, fess up. No. Nope. Well, it's it's a board game from. It says it's from 1966. The first comrade to sell enough black market contraband flies to the Bahamas. That's that's the game. <laughs> Why am I not surprised that Michelle plays this game? <laughs> I said I owned it. <laughs> <laughs> just let her keep talking just let her keep talking <laughs> okay to me oh. the most unfair game oh, that exists is <laughs> number one would be sorry why is sorry. that unfair oh because oh, you get sent back okay yeah and another unfair game would be uno <laughs> Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Commissar. Yeah, Michelle, you know what? I don't think I'm going to game night at Michelle's anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. You just, just played the natural. You just played. I think that's hilarious. Don't you think that's a hilarious game? I think that's it's very funny. So, I do. Yeah. Sure, know. Michelle, whatever makes you feel better. <laughs> that's a Pittsburgh game. Yeah, that's a St. Petersburg game. I I think it was purchased before 
I could play games if it's from 1966. So there you go. Okay, guys. So this Sunday, Ray talked about justice and um, is a part of our series that we're in called Becoming a Church of Tove. And um, this was a good one. Fun fact behind the scenes. And I think I can share this just, uh, yeah, I could share this, that every time you say something like that, I feel like everybody leans in like, oh, he's going to share something that, but originally Michelle was going to teach this sermon. Originally she was, and we'll probably get into it a little bit in this podcast. Um, But she came to Ray and just didn't feel like this was a good fit for her and and right now and so ray taught it and, and the reason and I'm, i don't want to put words in your mouth so correct me if you want michelle um but this is a hard topic justice is it's not a fair thing like when you start to look at justice it's extremely frustrating and many of us if we're honest that was a b if we're honest we wrestle with this at different points in our lives with just how can you know this kind of thing be going on or whatever but we're going to get into the the things that make justice so hard the things that also make it sweet um when it works in our favor um and so that's kind of the deal that we're going to talk about today all right so with that said let's just go ahead and talk about ray what was the biggest burden that you felt like you had or anybody could chime in on this, but the biggest burden in preaching a sermon on justice, like what's the hardest part? I think for me um, is that I think of the four of us and, you know, if I include Dawson, the five, um, I have somehow garnered the um, identity of of bringing the hammer when I speak. And and so, With justice, I could lean into a lot of different areas to bring said hammer. But I think because, like you said, Philip, justice is something that we all struggle with Mm. at varying levels. And what I wanted to be really careful of was leaning into anger to bring the passion for the message Mm -hmm. and not winding up getting lost in the anger and emotion myself. And so when I said doing the intro to it is that where I want to leave you is I think at the best place for all of us to end up resting at when we're dealing with injustice is really at the feet of Jesus. So I'm not going to give you a whole lot of answers. You're probably going to have a lot more questions when this is over. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to focus on, okay, here's where we are. We're not settled with justice. We we hate injustice. We feel like something needs to be done. But where I want to leave you is right at the feet of Jesus, that if anybody's going to help you with this, it's going to be him, not us. Yeah. Did you guys feel that too? I mean, although Ray preached this Sunday, I feel like we all kind of carried the the burden a little bit of, helping Ray prepare for it. Not that, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to take credit, but we discuss our sermons together and, you know, what are some of the, are there any other burdens that you guys feel when, when this topic comes up to preach on? 
Well, you know, I think I was really wrestling with the subject. I mean, when I came to rape, um, one of my challenges was just um, having the time to prep with some other ministry things. But, you know, when I went to Ray, I presented just that idea that he just talked about. It's like, how do you know when you should seek justice or enact justice? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a very hard thing. And, you know, I think we talked about this sermon more than any other sermon I can for any of us preaching mm -hmm. um, more than any other sermon recently and and I think we all agreed Rob you brought it up this morning and this was almost verbatim what I had said to Ray um, a couple weeks ago yes the big stories are really clear like Larry Nasser or you know things like that it's the small injustices that are really difficult to decide where to draw the lines Mm -hmm. I like to think of it as the, um, I've thought about this for years, actually, in a different way, but this week it really kind of came down to me as that macro and micro justice conversation. The macro should be easy for us. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. We should kind of be ready to, or, or we should be done debating whether or not we need to seek justice for the wrongs of our society, things like slavery, um, civil rights, um, bullying, abuses, things like that. I mean, please, let's all agree that when it comes to that, it's really clear. We got to stand up. We got to stand up against injustice. Where it gets tricky for even those of us that understand that or try to understand that is in that one-on-one -on -one relationship or in that broken relationship at a small level, a family level, a neighborhood level, a church pew level, so to speak, um, where we've got to really be careful not to try to bend God, this is going to sound silly because we can't do this, but we try sometimes to bend God's will to our will. And that is a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, because yes, God has been clear. If you oppress the poor, you better stand up against the people oppressing the poor. It's, it's written out. Mm -hmm. We can't avoid it. You know, but, but what do you do when your cousin wrongs you? Yeah. Or your neighbor? I mean, that's a different conversation, I think. Mm -hmm. So, so when God calls us, you know, when God, when we give our life over to Christ, when we become a Christian, we lay down the old and we pick up, oh my gosh, there's a snake, just, oh, it's a lizard. Oh my gosh, I can't do the podcast outside. Greg's <laughs> oh having a heart attack now. Okay. <laughs> it's a little blue lizard. It's a skink. I think that's what those are called. I was going to say, that's a skink. Uh, but anyways, when we give our life over to Christ, you know, at least for me, in the beginning, you feel like, all right, like I've been baptized, like God's about to make everything right in my life. And when you preach this, I mean, where do you, do you end up at God's going to make everything right for you in your life? Is that where you land? And then, so then the question is, is, why and how and what why would god allow that like okay we're his kids why is he letting injustices happen to us why is he letting us be abused in homes you know or whatever or un unrightly lose jobs or you know be bullied or whatever like why why does that happen 
<laughs> That's what I think a lot of people listening want to know. You know, I think this is where the, the verse in uh, Romans comes to life, that all things work together for the good. Mm. So it's when you lose your job. It's mm. when you haven't heard from your child. It's when your marriage is failing. It's when things aren't going right in your life that you actually seek him. Mm -hmm. You don't seek him when you're riding high, when the money is rolling in and everybody is doing what everybody should be doing. Mm -hmm. No. And so he allows our own brokenness, our skin, to be actually the like the spear point to budge us, nudge us towards his direction. It's the things in, the, in our life that are the hardest that actually bring us to our knees, that helps us to realize we need help. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that is so true. So like, well, keep on going, keep talking. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you guys. I just got <laughs> excited by that. Well, okay. I mean, I think, go ahead, Michelle. <laughs> I think God's really patient. He's just really, really committed to working through our humanity and our individual right to choose. And, you know, and we like that when he lets us work through something good, but when he lets us work through something hard to learn the lesson, ugh, don't like that so much. Yeah. that sounds an awful lot like we like it our way yeah we do yeah so what we're saying is that god is allowing allowing is the key word sometimes things to happen with with the knowledge with the um godly wisdom that he knows he's going to turn it into good mm -hmm. and i think the thing that people wrestle with that nobody wants to talk about is like, how can God allow things like that to happen? Like, how can he allow it? Like it was so wrong. You know, when you think about these, I don't even have to name them. We can think about the things that have been done that were so wrong, concentration camps, lynchings and all these things. So what we're saying is, is that God allowed that to happen so that he could, you know, grow believers like that is, that is not easy to hear, you know, and I'm not trying to be difficult with you guys, but I think people, people who are believers get asked this in the workplace. And this is a, a really a tough thing, but I a hundred percent agree with you, Ray. So like my testimony would be that the times that things have been really hard, those are the times that I've gotten away with God to the point where it's been like weeks. Like I remember the last time things got really hard for me, I spent at least two weeks in solitude, in, in prayer and in seeking God. And so I wouldn't have done that if things were all good in my life. I, I wouldn't have. I would have gone to the beach and gone skateboarding. <laughs> I wouldn't have been on my knees, you know? Um, so I hate it, but you are right is there anything we can say to people to help them with this or do we is this what we give them i mean and it's okay if it is i'm just curious 
Well, it's the age. It's a, it's an age old question, and and I don't know that any theologian has found an answer that I I love um, because I want to hear I want to hear. Well, yes, God is going to tie it up in a bow, and He's going to make it clear to us mm-hmm. in each case. But here's here's what I've learned. Um, I'm going to go back to what Doctor Bill Thrasher taught me um, that I hold on to all the time. It's one of the deepest theological truths I've ever heard, and I mean that is he says, God's will for you and every person is exactly what you would want it to be if you had all the facts that he has. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, even in these big catastrophic examples that you've used, I have to rely on the fact that God has facts I don't have. And God knows that there might have been a worse option than that, and he allowed this option to happen. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is, I've just got to accept the fact that I might just need to trust God and be angry at him for a little while, by the way, let me just say this to you if you're out there. God's okay with you being mad at him and the way it's going, as long as you're submitted to him. I mean, Job didn't say, you know, let's have a party and eat cake. God lamented, or Job lamented back to God on a regular basis, mm-hmm. but yet always deferred to, but yet I don't know what you know. Mm-hmm. That is an unsatisfactory answer to the human mind, mm-hmm. but it is the exact right answer and the only one that I think we have. Mm-hmm. Unless one of you read something that I've missed from theologians over the years. Yeah. And faith over time, too. I mean, I'm thankful that some of the hardest seasons in my life have happened after walking with Christ for a while. It wasn't mm-hmm. right away. And, and that doesn't happen for everybody. But for me, when I went through some of my harder seasons, I had years of walking with Christ to know that even in you know, almost like the silence of God moment of my life that like, I'm not throwing everything out that I believe about God. I'm trusting and I'm leaning in and what in the world is going on, Lord, (laughs) you know, but. Well, I'm going to say one more thing about it it, because God just brought an example to my mind. um, that makes my point. And it's one that I had literally forgotten until just now. And it's a friend of mine told a story, told me a story about a family member of his true story. They were carjacked um, in, I believe it was Chicago, it might have been Detroit, um, and they were shot in the head. Um, like the life, I mean, you, you don't survive a shot to the head, right? Um, well, they did. And the shot to the head revealed a brain tumor that no one had found, that they were able to get out of them, and they ended up living the rest of their life healthier than they would have before. Hmm. Now. Shot in the head is the way you want to find out about your your brain tumor. Yeah. Like, that seems pretty horrific. <laughs> but the doctors were didn't even have it on their radar. I'd rather have just a recurring headache that we have to look into. And they said, but what they said was, if the, if if they had just let it naturally progress, by the time that there were symptoms that would have found the brain tumor, they could have done nothing about the brain tumor. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know why God wants me to share, but I think that ties into that. That seems this guy is at the red light minding his own business hanging out and somebody comes to steal his car and shoots him in the head takes his car and god ends up revealing a brain tumor that saved his life and he's alive as far as i know to this day wow i mean that's one perspective for me to really think about that seems very unjust to me mm-hmm. you realize it gained him his entire life mm-hmm. yeah maybe, that, maybe it doesn't i don't know that's really good so like these are the extreme cases that we're talking about of injustice, but let's talk about the small ones. Like what are some small ones 
that people at home and you guys could type it in too if you're watching this online, but like, what are the little injustices that it's like, you know, come again? <laughs> what are you doing here, Lord? I mean, like, what are some of those things that kind of fly under the radar and have us questioning and wondering, you know? Well, I mean, I think treatment of each other, anybody who has children knows that sometimes when a child misbehaves, the entire family suffers the consequences. So, you know, you have a child that's misbehaving and you don't get to go somewhere you've planned. Um, and, you know, when my kids were little, sometimes I felt like, Lord, this is not fair. I'm the one being punished. You know, I, I'm trying to, to have discipline over my children, but I'm paying the price. I didn't realize parenthood would be like that. So, you know, that's one that I can think of that most families probably deal with. Oh, that's so good. That's really good. You are in my house eating the food that I've worked so hard to provide, yet somehow you can't put your laundry up. I just got <laughs> home from 10 hours of work and you can't put your you can't do the dishes. Are you kidding me? You need a rest? What did you do all day? You put it higher? Yeah, you, us putting them on punishment is in effect putting ourselves on punishment. Yes. Because we can't go nowhere either. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So true, yeah. man. So, so you know, that's not just. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not just when I'm overwhelmed and so I come into work and you all know I'm overwhelmed because I'm short with you. That's mm -hmm. not just. You didn't right. do anything, you know. <laughs> It's not just often when people expect more of us than they expect of themselves. I mean, as if we already have our seat in heaven with wings and everything else. And so they just get a pass. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, that one was a good one, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not just or, or worse. Or, or worse, we expect to come to church. Rob, you said this earlier when we met. We come to church and we expect not to ever get hurt or offended. Mm. The reality is, if you really do read the Gospels, the disciples were quite offended often, <laughs> and people that listened to Jesus was offended they were offended often mm -hmm. and it wasn't because what he was saying was wrong mm -hmm. it's because it exposed what was wrong in each of them mm -hmm. yes yeah yeah man going back and, to the silly, oh go ahead Philip. no you go rob going to the silly real quick you know i was thinking you know a group project is unjust uh yeah, the one that did all the work and and five little tagalongs get an A with you. Yeah, that is a unjust scenario. Agreed. That is a definitely unjust. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Well, so let's talk about our response a little bit. You know, to 
all of this. And if you go through your day, there might be a, there, <laughs> there's a very likely chance that you're sitting in bed or wrapping up the end of your day right now. It's about eight or nine o'clock tonight. And you're thinking about your day and the things that frustrated you and the things that you think are unjust, the unfair things, the things you would change if you were in charge. I bet you a lot of our listeners are thinking that, well, if I was my spouse, I would have acted this way or whatever, you know. So now let's talk. We, we all agree there's things that are just not fair in life. We agree that God uses those things to make a, to do good. Like God turns them for our good so many times. Um, what are we supposed to do? Like, what do we say to the person that's going to work tomorrow or coming home to a spouse that, that says that they don't love them? How do we react to people who are clearly in the wrong that we have to interact with? Like they're not going away, but but we can't, what in the world do we do? And you can say love them. I know we got to love them, but I want more. <laughs> we need more. The people want to know, what do we do? I think we have to do what Ray said at the end of the sermon, which is take it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because if we confront them in our own thinking or in our own emotion, we may make a worse mess, even for ourselves. You know, we might temporarily feel better if we tell somebody off, but we could end up making life worse, even for ourselves, if we're not paying attention to Jesus. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I listened to a guy on a regular basis who came out of ministry years and years ago, and he went through a period of life where he was accused of some things that he did not do. And the Lord said to him, and you will not like justify yourself. You will wait and let me do this. That's hard. Hmm. But in the end, his story is that God has, has brought justice in his life in a way that never would have been if he had demanded it on his own. Hmm. But it was a long walk. And, and I think once you go to Jesus, you know, let's use a marital relationship. You're frustrated with your spouse. You're, you're, you're angry. Maybe you're righteously angry. Maybe it's justified. Maybe you've been wronged. Um, you go to Jesus. And then it's important, I think, to take it to that relational level. You know, I think that's what you're looking for here too, Philip, something practical. Once the emotions have died down, which is what will happen when you go to Jesus. I mean, <laughs> this is the ultimate pause on our emotions. Um, if we go running at people before we go to Jesus, we're going to go in and we're going to be, you know, we're going to be reloading fast. But I think if we sincerely sit at the feet of Jesus and ask for the, for his heart for the person, you mm -hmm. sit down and it starts with having an expectations talk. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is when Jenny and I get in a place where we might be sideways with each other or we, we're in a, a season of conflict, because we're parents, we're parenting kids, we get in seasons of conflict. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they always come down to, did we properly express expectations mm. to each other? to give the other person a fair chance to say that's an unreasonable expectation. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that it, it comes right down to really having a conversation because sometimes I feel wronged by Jenny and she has no idea I expect her to do that. Yeah. Zippo, yeah. Nothing, but I've assumed she does. And maybe if I had brought it up to her, she would say, well, here's why I can't do that. And I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, never mind. I'm gonna mm -hmm. change my 
communication. It, it's, it's that communication level. But you can't do it in the emotion of the moment. You've got to do it after pausing and seeking Jesus's heart for the person that you're talking to. And that's a really, really good advice. I bet you somebody's going to put that into practice like tomorrow. Hang on, my mail is getting delivered. I got to mute real quick. I love him doing this stuff outside. Look at this. Yeah. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood right now. This is like real, real time, real time. That's what's happening. Yeah. It's real. This is legit right here. Those like more business cards. cards. Checks? What are you? Oh, he's still muted. Still muted. You get some checks there, Paul? Don't Guys, I think I got some somebody's business cards. Hang on. I think that's what they are. If, if I mean, checks, that looks like the same color box that. Do me a favor. If they're checks and you're going to hold them up, just give me a minute's notice. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, oh, snap. What? Trey! <laughs> it's they're mine. Cards. Okay. If you guys want to reach Ray, ask him if he has a card. And if he says no, that's on him. Uh huh. Anyway, sorry. Uh, that was a nice once you bring him in, it's on him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we know you got him now. So fair, fair enough. Yeah. I, no, that, dude, I love I that, Robert. That is such good advice, seriously, to pause mm -hmm. and to ask expectations. Um, yeah, very good. One of the last points you made, Ray, you're, you're our responsibility on Sunday to me was exceptional i mean like it, i was like you could have just preached those two points and just dropped the mic and just left and i wanted to read them because to me this is great advice it says the first one was stop pursuing justice looking for jesus to join you mm. i mean can you like say what do you mean when you say that just stop pursuing justice waiting for jesus to join you I think we all have seen injustices and been subjected to injustice. And it's interesting to me that what we do, instead of going to him first, we charge towards trying to right the wrong and then ask him to agree with us. It's the same thing that happens. So you were talking about, you know, how this works out on a micro level, you know, how we deal with one another. And so what happens is there's a problem between Rob and I. Rob can choose to come to me, mm. can come to, can go to Jesus, or Rob can go to Philip, Michelle, Laura, anybody else. Now, here's the problem. If Rob doesn't come to me to let me know there's a problem, that makes the problem worse. If Rob doesn't go to Jesus, that makes the problem worse. If Rob goes to everybody else, the problem has now been magnified. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because what Rob has done, he has gained alliances with other people. Meanwhile, I don't know what's going on. Yep. And so now everybody's mad at me. And so Rob essentially had an injustice. He felt an injustice, whether it was real or perceived. It's an injustice for him. And so he went to garner support for his feelings. Mm -hmm. And still, I don't know nothing. I know nothing about this. And at that point, he's asking Jesus, hey, 
you should everybody you should feel the way i feel about this mm -hmm. meanwhile ray is completely ignorant mm -hmm. that's what we do often you have a problem in your marriage maybe you do have to try to have the conversation with your husband and it gets you nowhere but did you talk to jesus about it first mm -hmm. what did he tell you to do mm -hmm. so you didn't consult him before you told your girlfriend who now is on your side because your husband is a dead be now you, she has you have her ear mm -hmm. so we got to stop this we, we have to stop when we feel like we've been wrong our first step has to be either towards the person that wronged us or to jesus mm -hmm. matthew 18 tells us that we're to go to the brother first or the one that has offended us but i'm going to say because Jesus didn't say this when he was teaching this to his disciples. I'm going to say for us, it's best that we go to him first. Mm -hmm. But see, he says that in other places, right? So, so you're backed up there. He talks in other places about bring, bring your concerns and your cares to the feet of the Father. And, mm -hmm. and so theologically, that ties in. And, and the mm -hmm. problem that we have is, is we, it's back to the way you define justice. We want to define justice our way, which is we win. <laughs> that's what justice looks like yeah the things that i care about go my way correct correct and that's where the danger comes it probably bears saying to everybody on here that ray and i do not have an issue currently outstanding with each other. <laughs> <laughs> yet yeah. somebody's gonna say man did you hear ray yeah right. an awful lot of talk about ray and and rob ray was at and rob on that podcast yeah yeah well, you know, what's funny when you were saying that, Ray, I was thinking about when me and Kristen have counseled with young um, newlyweds and more specifically on the really younger ones, the tendency when they are upset with their uh, fiance or whatever is to tell their parents because they're young. And then now all of a sudden, of course, the parents, of course, the parents are going to side with their child. And now you're going to try to get married and the parents are supposed to love this person that you love because you had time to move on and get over the right. injustice. But the parents right. never forgot the last they heard you did. Da, 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 da. And we happy. learned that when we were counseling <laughs> with younger couples, we kept seeing that pattern. But as you get older, it's it's not your parents, it's your friends. And of course, mm -hmm. your friends are going to side with you. But not only that, I don't know if you, it, me and Kristen even found this. So where we went wrong in the beginning was with our kids. We adopted two kids. And whenever things were not going well and we went through a hard season, we would talk about all the hard things we were going through. And we realized, whoa, whoa, whoa. All our parents, their grandparents are hearing is the hard stuff. They're not hearing the victories. Because when mm -hmm. it was good, we weren't saying anything. We were just, mm -hmm. and it, it, and it, 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 yeah, man, that is great advice. So, yeah. So that was the first point. Were you going to say something, Michelle? Well, I was just thinking one of the things I have not said, but I keep coming back to when we think about righting wrongs or taking justice into our own hands. You know, I really enjoyed the book, The Shack, regardless of what everybody thinks about the theology of the book. But one of the things it showed was how the abuse went back generationally. And so we can get mad at people for their behavior, 
but only Jesus understands like what brought that person to have that behavior. Now that doesn't mean that I ex excuse it. I mean, when, when you get to be an adult, you need to take responsibility. You need to get healing. You need to not blow up at people. You certainly need to not be physically harmful to people. But we forget sometimes that people have been so broken by their own abuse that they don't know anything else and they turn around and do that and repeat the cycle. And so I just think we have to be careful um, because everybody, Jesus cares about every single one of those people. Mm -hmm. The compassion side of justice. Yeah. So that, that's what I really liked about the clip that you showed Ray on Sunday. I made this comment to someone Sunday uh, when I was having a conversation about something that they're processing through. And I said, you know, Ray showed this clip, for those of you that didn't see it, um, of, um, what's her first name? Um, Rachel. Dan Hollander, I could remember the last name, um, confronting um, Nasser, her abuser in court at the sentencing. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about it the most is here she is extending grace to him all the way to the very end. But I said to the person, don't miss that she was also celebrating, rightly so, that he was receiving just punishment for his behavior. The two really do go hand in hand. Right. And it, it, it's not that we don't wish or we don't want someone to suffer the consequences, suffers the wrong way. We don't want someone to experience the consequences of their choices. We want to have grace with them as they go through it. And that, she, it wasn't like she let him off the hook, but she let him off the hook. At the moment she was letting him off the hook, she was, she was pleading with him to make the rest of his life more bearable by submitting it to the proper place. And, yeah. and to me, there's a lesson in that. There's a great lesson in that. She wasn't celebrating that, man, look, I finally won. She was, man, I hate that I had to want to win for the safety of other people. Now, I hope you open your Bible and experience the grace found inside of it. Mm -hmm. I loved that, Ray. I thought wow. that was such a good picture of what, grace, of what justice and grace mixed together really look like. Yep, I agree, man. That was perfect. So that that was his first point was stop pursuing justice, looking for Jesus to join you. The second one was start pursuing Jesus, who will act and respond perfectly just on our behalf. Mm. <laughs> pursuing Jesus more than you're pursuing justice, essentially, is what you're saying. Pursuing mm -hmm. Jesus and trusting that he is just. Right. That fills in the gaps that Michelle talked about. We There are things we don't know. And so when a brother or sister in the faith do you wrong or say something wrong to you, you don't, we, we tend not to do the work to find out why. But Jesus knows why. Jesus knows why they're hurting, what it was that caused them to think and feel the way that they feel. Mm -hmm. We would say we don't care. We want justice. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, yeah, I, I understand that. But what you don't understand in your little finite mind is that if I exact justice, the justice you want on them, then I got to come back to you. Mm -hmm. And you really don't want this. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a saying nowadays, a slick saying, you don't want this smoke. 
to say you you don't want what I'm going to bring to this incident, this conversation, this party or whatever. Well, Jesus can say that about every last one of you, one of us. When mm-hmm. we're crying out for him to act on our behalf, he's like, you you really don't want this smoke. You mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Let, just let me handle this. You you give me your frustration. You give me your emotions, your anger, all of that. Let me give you my peace so that that can keep your heart and mind in me while I work out the issue. And if I need you to do something, to apologize, to go show love, to be understanding, if I need you to do something, I'll tell you exactly what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you're putting your faith in the just justice of God. I know that Jesus, I know that God knows what to do. And I trust that he is working it out in the best way. That's even better than the way I would work it out. And it's that release of that. Oh, man. And that's not easy to do. That is not easy to do. But it's the right thing to do. And, and if you're going to yell at somebody, yell at God. Yeah. That's, that's what I try to tell my kids. If you're going to yell at somebody, yell at God, because he can take it and, and, and he will hear it and he, and he will, he will, he will absorb it and he will graciously give you correction, but he will also allow you to process your feelings. So it is fine. If you're going to yell, if you're a yeller, get someplace alone and yell at God. Yell him all day long. He's good. If you're a yeller. <laughs> You know what I mean? I love that. I love that. Don't yell. Don't yell to your friend. Don't yell out on the street. Yell yell to him. Yeah. You guys don't have to answer this, but um, I'd be curious um, if you want to answer this. You don't have to say why, but how long has it been since you yelled at God? (laughs) Just so they know we're human. (laughs) When did you say that? Today? When, when, was, when was the 25th anniversary? <laughs> Sunday. This past Sunday for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably this morning. <laughs> I've had a good three days, but Sunday was like, there was yelling going on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I'm, I'm not a yeller. I don't yell ever, but I have vented my frustration to God probably as close as yesterday today um you know and and i say that and we're laughing about it but i guarantee when in our frustration we weren't but we share that with you guys to let you know like you can't like we you have to take things to god god can take it it's all right you know you can be frustrated god doesn't call you to have this like happy-go-lucky mentality all the time i mean he gives us joy in spite of hard times, but a lot of times the way we achieve joy is by venting so we can get it out of the way. <laughs> you know, I, it was not very long ago, maybe last week when um, I was here in the office with Ray and he said, I need to go home because I need to run to my prayer closet. He had several things thrown at him that he was not expecting, one which I lobbed, sorry. Um, Way to go, Michelle. 
Yeah. Um, I was I was I, I was involved in the other one. You were involved in the other one, yeah. And so you know, Ray knew that he did not have the emotional capacity to face the next meeting or the next discussion until he got alone with God. And you know, I last Monday night I put myself in my bedroom. My daughter was even over having dinner. That's how bad it was. And I put myself in timeout. So, I mean, you just, sometimes you got to go. Yep. Sorry, I'm not leaving. Um, just, my daughter just showed up. Hi, June. <laughs> Sorry. Well, and you know, it's kind of funny that you say that because we too, as a staff, have a thing where we haven't enacted it because it's brand new, but where we will give each other a timeout sign if oh, it yeah. just seems like, all right, your humanity is showing. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just hit a timeout sign. Um, I just think that's so important for us to share because people need to know, man. Yeah, we don't. This is not easy for us either. It, which right. goes back to whatever Ray said at the beginning is something like people put expectations that like we're supposed to have something that they don't know, man. We're just like them. <laughs> yes. Just like them. We can react poorly. We can make mistakes. People do things wrong to us. We do wrong things to people. And I think that that's one of the keys that I hope people are learning through this series about becoming a church of goodness is like, a church of goodness is not a perfect church, but a church of goodness sees its perfection in Christ, not in themselves individually, you know, and there's so many things in an attempt to put a face on that mm -hmm. get covered up. I mean, we've talked about truth, things that get covered up. So many things can go wrong when we try to save face as a church or as individuals and protect. This is a quote from one of these Sundays, protect our own brand. Yeah. You know, no, the brand is Jesus. <laughs> he brand. doesn't need our protection. Uh, -uh. thank God. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one was a hard subject. And, and some of you guys might be listening, thinking there's nothing hard about that. It is. When you really start to think about this, this is a difficult one. And I'm glad we tackled it. And, and it really did kind of, if I could sum it all up, went back to go to Jesus. And I'm, I wish we could tell you something different than that. Well, I don't really wish, but it might feel like you hear that a lot. But maybe that's what you need to hear a lot as a, as a person in our church. I need to hear that. Like we have to take everything to Christ and trust him with it. And so, you know, that's really where we ended up on Sunday. That's where we ended up on this podcast. But it, we take it to him because he's not like us. He's holy. And uh, so there you have it. Do we have any final thoughts or anything that we want to share? We, actually, any final thoughts on justice first? Nothing? Okay. When, when are the shirts coming? Oh, the Drop the Stone shirts? Well, that should. or the no just no peace no justice either one yeah uh i have not done anything with the no peace no justice but just so you guys know so we can start an underground movement and i'm not making promises that will get me into trouble we are working on doing some hoodie design shirt designs that you can order 
you know, we don't have to stock them. We design them. And then if you want to buy them, you can go on and through the link and order them and get them shipped to your house. So we're working on that. And we want to make one that says no justice, no peace with the K-N-O-W versus the N-O and all that stuff from Sunday. And there's one that we're testing out right now that's called, uh, that says drop the stone. It's going to be fun. I'll say this on the heels of what Philip was saying and asked. When Jesus was stressed, what did he do? Mm -hmm. He went to the Father. Yep. I think he went off onto the hillside. I, I, I mean this. I think he went up there to yell at his dad. Yeah. He went off alone on the side of a hill away from everybody so he could just pour his heart out. Mm-hmm. Well, we see that in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was praying so hard he was sweating blood. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a screaming so, right there. You're sweating blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so that's really all that we have for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can give you a whole lot of other nonsense that maybe make you feel better or mm-hmm. may allow you to exude or uh, or enact some type of ju- justice. It's your justice, mm-hmm. not his. But really, all we have for you is go to Christ. Yep. And if everybody at Eastlake is doing that, Woo! I mean, everybody at Eastlake is going to Christ. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll be a church of toll for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. And in the beginning of this podcast, I said justice is difficult. At the very beginning, I said something like, unless it goes in your favor, which mm-hmm. might have sounded a little weird. But what I mean by that is it went in your favor whenever God sent Jesus to die for you, for me it went in our favor because we got what we didn't de- deserve in, in the positive sense. And so, mm, get, <laughs> yeah, I know it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Okay. Well, let's talk real quick as we wrap up. What are the things coming up that you want to know about? I know Rob has a really important thing about parents. I do. I do. What is it? Okay, so as, as you may know, as this is going on, we're having our first night of Midweek Connect, which is our elementary kids are now in the building with our, with our student ministry. So in two weeks, we're going to add on to the top of that a weekly Wednesday night, 6.30 to about 7.45 while the kids are there. So guess what? There's a place for kids to be. Um, we're going to have something called Parent to Parent, and it's going to be discussion-based with a little bit of, lecture is the wrong word, I'm going to do a little teaching at the beginning, and then we're going to have an open discussion around what we've taught about or what is relevant that day, and the whole concept is how do we, um, how do we become wise parents raising our kids in this world so that we, meaning you and I, can serve as the most important pastor in the life of that kid. So it's the equipping stage of putting feet to what I have been passionate with you about since the day I got here. You, mom and dad, are the most important pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to have the title pastor, I guess, but so do you. Mm-hmm. You're pastor mom and pastor dad, and we want to help you out. Yep, that's good. Real good. It's going to be awesome. Anything else coming up? Well, we've got a serve day coming up in October, and I believe that signups went live today for any East Laker to be able to sign up. So if you're in a small group and your small group hasn't signed up yet, you better take care of that so you can serve together. 
Um, but if you would like to serve, you can join other people on October the 8th. So check out the projects on our website. We want to serve our community. That's good. All right. All right. Anything else? Save the date. First, uh, first weekend in October is going to be the men's retreat. Right? First weekend in November. In November. 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 Everybody say November. November. Yeah, first weekend in November is going to be the men's retreat. And soon we'll be telling you a lot of details about Fallapalooza, but that'll be a couple more weeks before we start getting this yeah. right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we think very highly of all of you. You're pretty great people. We will let you go to bed. Good all right. night. Good night. <laughs> See you Sunday. East Lake Community Church is an intentional, multicultural community empowered by the Holy Spirit. We passionately pursue a loving relationship with God and everyone Jesus was sent to die for, here, near, and far.